Welcome to the Rolling Stones, <laughs> a podcast about the baddest boys of the British invasion, hosted by your own bad boys. It's Pete and PJ. Oh. And a bottle of booze. Yeah, that sweet, sweet bottle of booze that makes a sound when you open it. I just cracked open a brewski, PJ. Yeah? Is it one of those cores yeah. with the, the, in the metal can with a twist-off top? <laughs> Uh, Coors in the middle. Oh, oh, right. The, uh, what do they call those? The bullet cans? Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like the bullet train. Um, no, it's not. It's a, uh, one liter, or a, uh, 40, sorry, of Old English. Yeah. With a cap, so. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna, like, look at my notes at all this episode, but I am actually starting in Edward 40 hands right now. Yeah, so. you're just gonna have to... And hope you type mm-hmm. the right stuff. Yeah, and I can't mute the mic, so the breaks, I think, just leave them in. Yeah. You can kind of hear what, what's going on in the back. Uh, Shelby promised uh, that she would untape one of them. We're not going to do a true Edward 40 hands. Yeah. She said she'd untape one of them if I finished it first. But I am supposed to try to drink them at the same rate so that I'm not cheating. But right. We'll see how it goes. That makes sense. I did Edward yeah. Forty Hands one time. It was not as hard as people say. I mean, a forty is not a lot of. It, well, here's the thing. I think. What beer did you or what drink did you so do? So I, I have some thoughts. I did it with. Uh, I didn't do malt liquor, which is probably why I thought right. it was so easy. I did the Pabst Blue Ribbon Glass Forties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because those are, in all actuality those are probably the only 40s i've actually ever had and i think i probably delightful. had like sips of old english and stuff but i've never tried to drink a whole 40 of malt liquor um no malt liquor yeah the disgusting. pbrs are great but i would imagine i wonder what even is the alcohol content difference though of malt liquor and like pbr because pbr is around five percent or so yeah i think it's like 5.5 and then i would guess that malt liquor is like eight like a Mickey's? I think Mickey's is like eight or nine. So that's not helpful. <laughs> Wikipedia has a range. Okay, here we go. Oh, wow. It's uh, regional. Is it? Okay, so Old English, it's brewed in several versions, which vary in ABV. Okay, so regions. First one, Texas. And this must be a weird state law uh, because it says... Four, it's 4.2%, which is pretty damn low. I just looked up Mickey's. It's five, oh, yeah, Mickey's is the it's other It's 5.6. Oh, so not much more than PBR at all. No, yeah. Uh, Old English in the East Coast and Midwest is either 5.9% or 77 depending on where you're getting it. West Coast, U.S., 7.5%. So out here in the old foggy, foggy city. Uh, and then they sell a high gravity version that's 8%. Yeah, that makes sense. In the States. And then in the European Union, uh, over in your neck of the woods, well, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's 6%. So Hmm. PBR is, uh, five, 5%. So they sell it in a 40 ounce or a 42 ounce bottle. (laughs) Why, Why would you? What's the point there? I, you just need that that little extra. Yeah, that is so weird. 
Huh. It was originally available in either a 12-ounce can, a 32-ounce king-sized can, can. Uh, or then glass bottles up to 64 ounces. <laughs> can you imagine Jesus. drinking, I guess, like, if people used it, like, like a two-liter of soda at a party? Yeah. But who's doing I mean, that but then at that point, Mickey's or Old you're breaking. That's a lot of glass to just get dropped by the yeah. end of the night, which is going to happen. <laughs> that's a fair point. Uh... In 2010, the 4.2% version was rated one of the worst beers in the world by ratebeer.com. Oh. A that's... beer rating website, in case you weren't sure what ratebeer.com yeah. was. No, I know beerrate.com. It's, it's... Who doesn't? You know, it's very famous in the beer rating community. Right. In terms of websites that rate beer... Yeah. It's yeah. number one. That's me opening okay. my 40. On ratebeer.com... I pour my 40 into a glass. Nice. The first beer that comes up when you look up Rolling Stones is Suntory Stones Bar Rolling Hop. Oh, wow. It's an actual Rolling Stones, like, branded. Uh, really? Can. This is part of a series of drinks uh, labeled Stones Bar with, like, the the Raspberry Lips logo on it. Yeah. Uh, the first review... Uh, it looks like it was released in Japan for some reason. Oh, okay. There's two reviews. We'll read both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Makechu in Japan rates it 1.2 stars out of five, which you must have a really interesting rating system for him to get to 0.2 stars I there. Know. This is part of a Stones Bar series of drinks, including cocktails, and I wonder if Keith would approve of this, quote, beer. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. The aroma is sulfury and nasty. Has one of the lightest colors for a beer imaginable, like a Chardonnay or something. The taste is sourish and foul. Palate is thin as the air. Truly a junk beer. I dare you to try this drink. Oh, okay. 1.6% or 1.6 out of uh, five stars. Someone wrote, nose of hop citrus, metals, sulfur, pale yellow color, lemon flavor, not much happening, more sulfur, not very beer-like. I think we got to try to get some of this beer, Pete. Yeah, man. Do a beer and chocolate. Yeah, okay, now I'm going to search Stone's Bar and see if there's other ones. I would also like to say. Based on that collaboration. I had completely forgotten that we bought that chocolate until I looked at my email uh, the other day. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fuck. I forgot I bought that. Yeah, when's it coming? Nine months from now, I assume? Yeah. <laughs> After this podcast. It's like immediately back ordered. Yeah. And it's going to ship all the way from England. Yeah, we're never going to get that chocolate. No, we'll have to do a whole new episode. It, that's the only one that I can find. The Stones Bar releases. That's pretty. Wild. It looks like they, they had the Rolling Stones Sticky Fingers beer. Whoa! Out of what is this brewery? I've never heard of it. Uh, I don't know. This one was. Oh, so that's what Suntory must be Quilmes? a uh, Japanese brewery or something. Q U I L M E S. It's yeah. an Argentinian brewery. <laughs> nice they are big in argentina as is like every arena rock band it's weird yeah. like u2 always does like a huge south american tour yeah what kind of beer is sticky fingers um it says it's syrup based and it's guaranteed to make your fingers sticky huh. uh speaking of reviews have we ever talked about our itunes reviews for this show on the podcast no 
Maybe. I really can't remember. The most recent one is from like a year ago, so it's very possible we did on the Beach Boys Boys. But... We may have. I don't remember it, and nor do I know how to look at those. Okay. Well, let's look at you. First of all, you have to have the iTunes podcast app, which I like downloaded off the app store because who the fuck uses it? Yeah. So I guess you could just go into iTunes too, but that seems ridiculous. So we have 13 ratings, but then only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven reviews. 13 ratings, four stars out of five. What? Four stars out of five? Okay, we have, it looks like about one or two ratings each at one star and three stars, and then a whole bunch of five star reviews. (laughs) Um, Oh, God, that's so funny. Like, I would guess it's probably nine five star reviews, and then two each of the three and one star ratings. But then all of the reviews where someone wrote uh, are five stars, so this is perfect. That is excellent. And this is a uh, this is also just a, a call to action to anyone listening to go rate and review us. I honestly yeah. I don't give a shit whether you like it or not. Although if you're listening <laughs> this far in, I assume you're vaguely interested. Yeah. If, if like I don't care what you say, we just we want the we want the numbers, man. We need to tick up. If if you put up with the bullshit of us talking about Rolling Stones beers and what alcohol percent yeah. Mickey's was, I think Oh you're you a diehard listener. I mean that's really what they come for. That's true. Yeah. That's what I come for now. Okay, so let's go oldest they all just say about a year ago. Okay. Okay, so there's one that I assume is you, the very first one. What does it say? <laughs> it's a user a user called the P Jams with P and J capitalized, so really it's just gotta be you. Uh and they said, Great podcast. Can't wait until they talk about no sleep Tom Brooklyn. Uh, I do not remember that. <laughs> that really seems like you, PJ. <laughs> yeah, that does you know one hundred percent. Especially because didn't I feel like that brings back vague memories early on in the Beach Boys of making jokes about a Beastie Boys podcast. Well, whatever. I think I think we both had somebody we we told we had each individually told somebody that we had a Beach Boys podcast um, and then they got yeah. excited and then they were like, "Oh, I love the Beach Boys." And they were both thinking about the Beastie Boys. <laughs> so often confused the Beastie Boys and the Beach Boys. Yeah. Okay. Uh also from one year ago they're all from one year ago fantastic keep it up period (laughs) Uh, the next one they're all insanely short there's none are more than one sentence so (laughs) the next one is just ha ha as the title (laughs) and then the body of the review is very funny is it is it by chance all lowercase with no punctuation yeah the entire thing oh that's amazing uh, the next one is titled, Yay, Great Podcast and Rap. Hey, that's a shout out to you there, PJ. Hell yeah, dude. The next one is The Best. Oh, this one is two sentences because the first sentence is so good. And then the second sentence is, if you love or hate the Pinch Boys, you'll love this podcast. <laughs> Which, that's pretty fair. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the Best Podcast, Anaheim, California has never sounded so good. <laughs> That one sounds familiar to me. We might have talked about that we one. We might on, have. That's good. Beach Boys, Boys. And then Can't Stop Listening. Love these guys. Uh, that one I can see from the username uh, is, is my girlfriend. Because I just... Oh, is that, is a, that right? As you were reading them, I found out how to Hold do on. it. It took me that long to figure it out. PJ, about a year ago. I'm really bad with time, but is that... Are you... 
PJ, did you start dating a fan? Was she fan first, friend second? I'll never tell. Just yeah. just know that podcast groupie ass is some of the best you can find. Oh yeah, man. It's no one loves more than to show up at uh podcast conventions. Oh yeah. And yeah, just wait for all the the babes to show up. You know, I think podcast conventions are everybody goes to those for the strange. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yesterday's paper is more like yesterday's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm embarrassed at how long it took me to find out how to read those reviews. Because um, I. It's not. Yeah. It, it's. I kept trying to click on them at the top of the page like a 90 year old man. Yeah. <laughs> I did <laughs> like too. The, just the little stars up there. That's. It seems exactly like it what I did up there. It took me. From when I said I can see that that was my girlfriend who did that one. Um. That's how long it took me to find him. I was trying to find it that entire time. Um, we really need, we really need more people reviewing yeah. based on the Rolling Stones, and also That'd just email us and shit too, because it's starting to feel a lot like this podcast is still just all about the Beach Boys, and uh, and we're it, deep into the Stones we, right now. Oh, we're stones deep. Yeah, into yeah, the Stones. That's true. Yeah, my Stones are. You gotta slapping <laughs> our stones are slapping together, and uh, you gotta we're that we're that deep, man. You got a fly or a mosquito around you? You keep like swatting yeah, at the air. Yeah, I do. No, oh yeah, that must look insane on video because you does. probably can't see it. But yeah, it's like the smallest little fly in the world keeps landing on my mic right in front of me. I'm trying really hard not to hit the microphone. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome, PJ. Um, well, PJ, today we're on, so we're on like our eighth episode. This is why we're hitting the ratings and or just emails so hard because we're on a fucking eighth episode and no one has reached out to us yet. Although technically we're in the future right now. So that is true. Maybe someone has by the time you hear this, but that doesn't matter because just like voting, just because you think someone else might've done it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Exactly. That's and how I'm pretty sure that's correct. They steal the <laughs> so, election. Exactly, PJ. Say it together now. No, no. Uh, I'm not going to be on some Canada terrorist group or uh, terrorist watch list. Um, but reach out. Tell us your thoughts on the stones. I uh, I want to know. I was wondering when I read the review about like if you love or hate the Beach Boys, you'll love the podcast. I wonder how many people. First of all, hate the Rolling Stones. That seems like a more unlikely opinion than hating the Beach Boys. And then also, I want to know if we're doing a good representation of both. Because I know that I haven't loved a lot of their music so far. But yeah. it also feels like generally they're a little harder to hate on than the Beach Boys. Just because they have significantly less like doofiness around them. Yeah. But... Um. So I would just like to point out, you clearly did not check the email. Because we do have... Oh, really? Did we get <laughs> Holy shit. Man. No, but play that listener mail song, man. Woo! All right. It's time for listener mail. This is the most excited I've been in he's, weeks, man. He's it's very like, excited. You know that, PJ, you know that song, Please, Mr. Postman? Wait, Yes. All about wait, the wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It's all about the longing 
that a young girl feels when her lover is supposed to send her a letter, but it just hasn't come yet, right? Yeah. Well, I think the, that's really the context behind it. I think is that he died in World War Two. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. And she just wait. She doesn't know yet, and she's waiting for the letter. <clears throat> yeah. Like to confirm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. That's kind of what I'm like when I'm looking at the Beach Boys Boys Gmail page. Right. Is I'm just hitting that little refresh button at the top of the page going, please, Mr. Gmail. I don't know who's in charge of it. Um, and just really hoping something comes through. And then when it does, it's like, I just feel like that girl whose boyfriend's never coming home from war. Yeah. But you get that last letter that was sent before they died yeah and before you know they died and then when someone shows up at your door to tell you you're like oh fuck exactly so it's exactly that basically i assume that this letter is from someone who's now dead right kind of like dustin diamond he saw that news yeah which is weird because we talked about dustin diamond like two weeks ago i know i do feel like that never happens to me yeah uh, there's another podcast I listen to, which we will not mention the name of. Right. Uh, where it is a recurring thing on that show where they somewhat realistically and somewhat just, you know, out of, sometimes they kind of hunt for it, but well, they'll talk about celebrities and then that celebrity will like die very soon afterwards. And felt that with Dustin Diamond, man. Yeah. We killed Especially Dustin Especially because he like had secret cancer or something, yeah. right? Like no one knew also, that he had it. I would just like to say, if you're a celebrity and you're listening to this, don't get secret yep. cancer. If you've got cancer, tell everybody so we can expect you, you to die. Okay, Dustin Diamond, Chadwick Boseman. Exactly. The rest. Yeah. Yeah. Because those How people would we know who, who the like... other people are? It's secret. Yeah, exactly. We don't know till after they're dead. Exactly. Uh, it makes it really hard to do a celebrity death pool if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're just like taking shots in the dark because you're like, anyone could have secret cancer. I just look up the oldest people in the world, and that's my top five every year. I mean, that would definitely be the way to go if one was to do that. Yeah, nobody Uh, said it had to be celebrities. Oh, I just said celebrity death pool, so I think that is the point of the game. (laughs) Not just what, name five people that will die in the next year. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Just any anybody yeah. anybody you can find in your phone book one year i went down to the terminal <laughs> cancer ward and oh i ate well right. that year my friend you got five in the next minute yeah oh you're a you're an old army hammer huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh the news man this week uh, holy shit damn <laughs> there's a lot happening and listening just look up news from like th- three four weeks ago <laughs> And you right, know exactly yeah, yeah. What we're talking Whenever about. this episode comes out, I think they'll know, man. These are both huge news stories. Oh yeah. Which also, okay, back to Dustin Diamond just for a second. How obnoxious is it? Your TV show just got rebooted, man. I know. Like you know how many people wait their entire lives for a TV show to be rebooted, and then especially somebody like Screech, who's in nothing else. Yes, I know. I mean, after he became that professional wrestler and changed yeah, his name, exactly, and then he was just out of show business, man. Yeah. And then you come back, and then secret cancer takes. That's no good. It's no, no good. good. God, bastard. Oh, pff, it's not God, PJ. I think the devil took Dustin Diamond. We all know that. <laughs> I think you're probably he's a real right. bad boy. Yeah. Anyway, listener mail. 
This is not the end of the segment. Gotta replay the theme song. Oh yeah, yeah. and we're done. Yeah. We just wanted to talk about how excited we were when we got listener mail. All right, are you gonna read it? or Am I gonna read it? Uh, I can do it. Okay. Unless, I mean, you saw it, so no, it's all you. Right but first it's refusal. All, you. all right. I love it. So this is from Nathan. No last name. Smart. Because we would read it on air and dox you. Just like the Property Brothers got. Exactly. Um, This, Nathan, so far, Nathan gets it. Because you know how he starts the letter? Or she. Or they. We don't want to assume. Sirs. But he. And that is is true respect. That is respect. I believe we asked for People who do a podcast for fun with no money or there's zero (laughs) respect to give us. Exactly. And Nathan gives us all, and we really appreciate that. We do. After, after oh my god, I'm so tongue-tied. I'm so excited. You're so okay. nervous. After finally accepting that the Beach Boys Boys was over, that's good. Yeah. So he got through all seven stages of Dabda. Dabda. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Wait, five, seven. D a b d a. It's five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I was happily surprised to see the Rolling Stones studs, in parentheses, a Beach Boys Boys production, thank you, Nathan, show up on my phone. That's good. I'm glad that there was surprise and that it was happy. I related to PJ, parentheses, or Pete, who knew a lot about the Beach Boys, and now that you're covering the Stones, I still relate to him because I know nothing about the Rolling Stones. Hmm. So me, he relates exactly. to me, but I appreciate that Nathan, as a big fan, doesn't know who is who. <laughs> the difference between our voices. But honestly, that's fine. I don't care. There's not really that that much to tell. <laughs> um, I've really been enjoying listening to each album before hearing you guys talk about it. Oh, that's adorable. And I'm really digging it so far. You really captured the niche but important aspect of showing the beach the Rolling Stones through a Beach Boys fan's perspective. <laughs> I love hearing you guys and your dumb running jokes. Smiley face, so we're getting hit on a little bit. Respectfully yours. Respect back to you, uh, my good person. Nathan. Signed by Nathan. Uh, Fantastic listener mail. This is a paragon of what listener mail should be. Exactly. The respect, the... every, Every part of it is perfection uh the i would say go ahead there's a little problem in your interpretation of having read it oh no because oh no how do you how do you pronounce the word that starts with n in the last sentence you really captured (laughs) the last you really captured oh then what which did i say niche or niche you said niche which is oh okay you sound like a fucking idiot peter british we're better than that there's a Do you really niche see niche? genre. There's a niche genre out there called the blues. PJ, we can get in on on the ground floor. The blues boys are looking for. Oh no, this mate, he's got a Lexus corner and <laughs> needs a mouth harpist. Oh, we got two of them. We said we'd give him one over. <laughs> oh, this man has two, and <laughs> they have one to spare. Yeah, so they give him Brian. <laughs> Um, I do pronounce it niche. Yeah. I don't think that's, I mean, it's wrong in terms of it's like a French word, so it should be niche, right? But yeah, I think niche is like, all right, fine. 
how to pronounce Nietzsche. Jack Nietzsche. Okay. Oh, wait. I realized you can't hear my audio. So I'm, I found the little audio thing to pronounce it. Okay, here we go. First question on Google. Is it pronounced niche or niche with a TCH? There is debate about how you are supposed to pronounce it. Both are considered correct. Huh. Niche is the more common one, though. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Niche is the more common one. No. And the older of the two pronunciations. Hell yeah. Fuck off. Nailed it. I would just like, okay, so speaking of uh, Jack Nietzsche, um, I was watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest the other day, and he did the score for it. And then I looked into it. He did the score for The Exorcist as well, I think. Holy shit. Nietzsche. Yeah, dude. That's wild. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so I, like I was saying, aside from apparently my bad pronunciation. Perfect. This is the perfect family. Yeah. I forget, honestly, (laughs) what we told people to do in the subject line. Yeah. So I cannot confirm whether Nathan did this correctly or not, but the subject is Rolling Stone studs, colon, fan E letter, which I do appreciate E letter. I, I do think that that we may have asked. It's so specific. I really don't I remember. I don't remember. Yes, we it's weird enough. I have to imagine we asked for that specifically. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But I don't think we, I don't think even we were funny enough to come up with E letter. No, so that is. I appreciate that. That is good. I think Nathan may have sent us a letter to the Beach Boys boys as well. He did. Let's look it up. Um, Nathan... So I guess I'm asking your permission on air and you can follow up. I just want to go ahead and publish this. Like, I don't know how we can include this, like in the metadata for our next podcast, but like if we can add a little link at the bottom or something for a little, for a uh, file, yeah, just so that people can see this letter and just know this is how you we're, fucking do it. We're going to put your uh, email in the, in the yes. description of the, of the podcast and then if, if fans want to send an e-letter then they can just get a hold of you and you can coach them in how to do it yeah oh and no worries about not saying nathan's last name on the show uh because their email address has the entire thing yeah <laughs> which i i don't think that's considered stupid but it does seem a little bit wild that when everyone made their email like everyone in the world was just fine with making it their entire name, including like a middle initial and stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot to give out. I mean, mine is exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, fuck. Now people are going to know my email. <laughs> I don't think people on your, on the show know your last name, right? We talked about, we've talked about that a bunch recently. We're really concerned about people knowing our last I name. I think I've said it a bunch. <laughs> I feel like I said it as a, joke once but to be cut out i think we may have like both i, I feel each like other I, on accident right i think we said it at some point because we were talking about something assumedly offensive and so thought it would be but then hopefully you remember to cut that out yeah I don't know. um you think that has been back? yeah that i think that has been listener mail that has been listener mail oh well this is that has been listener mail. <laughs> uh, PJ, what did you just have that TikTok up and ready to go, or what? Yeah, I just nice. keep dog face four twenties uh, skateboarding TikTok up. 
that TikTok, it does looping. start at the very beginning of the song, right? And then it goes for the entire song. Yeah. Well, the extended version. It's a four and a half version. minute TikTok. Uh, yeah. The director's oh, okay. cut of it does. I yeah. Nice. I bought a I bought a DVD from some guy um, down the street in front of the pub, and he it was yeah. He's good. Director's cut of this TikTok yeah. <laughs> on DVD. All right, nice. Uh, well, I will try and remember to respond to Nathan ASAP because we appreciate any and all listener mail, positive or negative. We receive it same yeah we'll still read it on air even if it's you shitting all over us we'd actually prefer that yeah i mean hey an entire podcast was started to shit all over us so exactly we can handle it we can take the fucking heat man what do you think is next the rolling stones saggy sacks or something yeah something dumb like that and if you're gonna start it stupid fuck you fuck you a preemptive strike fuck you yeah who the fuck do you think Uh, you are yeah i don't know if i mean if anyone's listening to this who listened to the beach boys boys they know that we do not hesitate to start beef yeah so i mean like i think the we we started the last fight that we got into with another podcast and we won obviously obviously uh because one of us is still going and the other one is still on part 45 of pet sounds yeah (laughs) and um because we've moved on to a whole nother <laughs> fucking band and they still haven't gotten through pet yeah, sounds exactly jesus christ guys it's it's honestly insane because here's the deal when we were in contact with that podcast and i'll say it becoming friends yes they're good guys over there or at least the one whose name i can't remember um <laughs> i wanted to listen to their podcast i thought oh this would be interesting to see how other people approach the beach boys uh but they did like a weird thing where they just kind of jumped around like they weren't really going in order through the beach boys canon he he has a problem with you saying that because he very specifically goes through every single thing chronologically to a t okay that's not true i mean i can pull up the history of their wow this has been a long time since we've gotten this deep anyway but and then no no no, no. i have oh wyatt by the way okay and then so the that's second not... beef we got into, we made True. fun of them oh. so hard they stopped being a podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, yeah, you're actually right that they do go through an order. They just, well... I think it's because the podcast app did it fucking weird. No, well, the podcast app is weird. It's uh, the way their podcast is gets so into the minutiae of the Beach Boys. Like they have entire episodes about like producers who are on two albums kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so when you look through the. Uh, I mean, they're basically like they could just transcribe this and have like a Beach Boys biography happening. Yeah. But um, when you look through their episodes, it is not clear that they're going in order through the albums because like. Like, let me put it this way. After Little Deuce Coop, their, their episode on that, there's an episode on Phil Spector, which is like why I know Phil Spector's an influence, but they don't start working with him until much later. Until later. So like, why is that? So anyway, so I think I just scrolled through it and thought, oh, they're just kind of jumping around. And then by the time we were talking with them, they had gotten, <laughs> I think they literally had gotten onto Pet Sounds already. Yeah. 
they were already on pet sounds and i'm like oh okay i'll subscribe and just listen when they're done with pet sounds and then it has been like two years and they're still technically they're on smile now but it's insane it's only been pet sounds and smile part 14 is coming out for a long time now those guys just wrap it the fuck up everyone wants to know what you think of a wild honey yeah exactly everyone Everyone. everyone's waiting for the nine part wild honey i already know a spoiler from that episode so there's one i know how they feel episode about the stained glass window and how it got into brian's house in the first place you know the thing is nobody knows not even brian it's the kind of deep yeah no it's the kind of detail one night man he took acid and he walked into the kitchen and it used to just be a regular window and then it was a stained glass window man and then the next morning he woke up and it was that way and he was like marilyn i think marilyn come in here and look and then she was like yeah it's our kitchen window and he's like no it used to just be a regular window but now it's a stained glass window with this little bee and this little bee and then she's like yeah i know it's been there since we moved in brian and he's like no you're not understanding me it used to be a regular window and then last night it changed and then he went and recorded a bunch of songs uh well parts of songs like piano (laughs) parts for nine hours uh and she just shook her head she went oh brian what a guy that lovable oaf and then denny walked in and was like hey nice window is that new (laughs) he woke up on the couch and was like whoa yeah he walked through the house naked from the couch (laughs) um yeah speaking of getting into an insane amount of detail pj yeah pete i think you know what? I think we've actually gotten into a little too much detail on the Rolling Stones so far. I think <laughs> I feel like so. we're getting we're just getting too in the weeds, and we need to pull back a little bit. And no, uh, mostly, I just it's so ridiculous, man. I agree. Do you hear a cat? Did one of your cats just come into your room? <laughs> yes, I heard a cat, hundred percent. Um, there's not a cat in the room. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> oh no, is he in the wall? I hope not. Did you drop out? We are talking about a somewhat psychedelic album today, PJ. That's true. Did you drop your bean before this episode Yeah, I dropped my bean before. I thought we both agreed we were gonna. Nice, yeah. Um, That's why you heard it too, man. Yeah, that's right. We're on the same wavelength. Speaking of wavelengths. There are none, because we just stopped talking. Yeah. (laughs) There are none on our recording programs. PJ, do you want to talk a little bit about the Rolling Stones? Peter. Yes, Mm. I do. Halfway through my first Old English, I am already deciding I'm going to cheat and just drink one before I even start the next one. And hopefully Shelby doesn't get mad at me for being... She's going to spank your little bottom, Pete. (laughs) I am a bad boy of the British invasion. (laughs) That's true. So... Well, technically, I'm a bad boy who just loves bad boys of the British invasion, but it gets confusing. You're a bad boy of the British invasion, bitch. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of the British invasion, I just thought of this. So sorry, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little rough around the edges, but okay. So the British invasion came to America, and America welcomed them with open arms. I still don't know how to say it, but I'm just trying to... It just occurred to me that the kinks were, like, literally banned from the U.S. in, like, 1967 or whatever. 
So, like, were any other British invasion bands kicked back to Britain? I feel like most of the other ones stayed decently. I mean, like, they just faded away in the way all bands do, but... The animals were so animalistic with their, like, shitting everywhere, and they're, like... No, the animals trying to attack got people. more popular. No, right? they got kicked out. Okay. <laughs> well, technically, I don't know about the animals, but Eric Burden did pretty well for himself. I don't know about Never him. heard of him. Okay. He went and did that band War. What? War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Did not sing that, but they should have. I love when bands have songs that are their band name. Yeah. It should happen more often. I feel like every single War album is just called War. I think so, yeah. yeah. Like, the one was War with Eric Burden, but then the rest of them are just like, War, another one. Yeah. Yeah. And then War, Best of War, and you're like, this is the same track listing as the last album. <laughs> you only have three albums, guys, and it's, it's a triple so, album. But the Kings got, you know, they lost the British invasion. They got their asses sent back to yeah Britain. But I feel like no one else did, exactly. Well what a war it was i mean yeah i know it was a crazy war i mean herman's hermits i feel like just kind of faded away the hollies got like more fame not more famous but like had hits into the early 70s which is kind of crazy that that holly song what is it it's a really big uh a long woman in a black yes dress. that song yeah yeah like it's yeah it's like very weird to me that they were like a jangly yeah pop band with then that song coming out but pj you want to talk about between the buttons oh yeah i would love to that old that famous britishism just a little bit of cockney slang for you uh my british accent is so bad today (laughs) it's usually not good buttons but i like cannot get it yeah uh that old that famous phrase about whipping your dick out in public (laughs) (laughs) is that what it is i assume lude came up no the the story is that Charlie asked Luke, it, it, like every great Rolling Stone story, it starts with Charlie asking Luke something. Charlie asked <laughs> Luke if if they had a title for the album yet when they were recording it. And Luke went, it's between the buttons, which Luke meant. And I'm, it's but unclear whether this is a phrase did, anyone had did, ever did said before in their lives. Did you do this thing where you stuck up yes. three fingers and he went, it's yeah. between the buttons, man. Yeah. Put his thumb out his fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but he meant it like between the buttons as in it's undecided, which again, not uh, sure if that's ever been a euphemism before metaphor, whatever. Uh, and Charlie, though, also not realizing it was supposed to be a turn of phrase, took it literally and was like, <laughs> oh, between the buttons. That's kind of a fun, fun title. And then when it came around to them deciding on the title, Charlie was like so it's between the buttons right and they were like i don't know is it and luke's like uh sure yeah yeah (laughs) i totally meant why not yeah i mean they didn't give a shit about what their albums were called at this point i think if they have to ask luke like what's the name of this yeah interestingly i think we are officially maybe starting with aftermath but like we're now officially in a in a era where the stones doing albums albums yeah yeah, yeah. It's just funny and that they weirdly, didn't care about the name. They had to ask Lug. No. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's weird too, especially maybe that it was just cuz Aftermath we talked about they really wanted it to be the would you walk on the water thing 
and then the record label turned it down. So maybe they're just kind of still feeling bummed out after that, where they're like, why would, why would we even bother being creative when our creativity gets snuffs out by the man? Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, really a lesson for anyone who's too controversial for the lamestream media. So the Rolling Stones between the buttons between the buttons is kind of a weird album because it's a little bit overlooked in terms of just their whole discography right because it was caught between aftermath which is like a very famous one being their first kind of big artistic album and then right in between that and satanic majesty's request which was driven into the ground uh by people who hated it yeah so it just kind of got lost in there. So there's like not a ton of information out there about it. And okay. I think there's also not a ton of information because it was maybe a comparatively like normal quote unquote recording for the, the stones. There wasn't right in this well, like six month period, actually that much craziness happening. As somebody who knows like a decent amount about the stones, I've never yeah. heard of this album. Yeah. I think I only knew about it because something happened to me yesterday came across my radar like three or four years ago uh uh and so i like looked it up on youtube there was the album cover i'm like i also was like i've never heard of that rolling stones album before seems interesting never listened to the whole album so they are speaking of the album cover they are keeping with the tradition of having the exact same fucking album cover yeah although like this one's kind of famous it's very it's weird because i did find a lot about the album cover because it's really famous uh because the photo style was kind of like psychedelic and weird it's a picture of them uh where like the edges are all blurry which apparently the photo uh, the the photo guy (laughs) the cameraman (laughs) the photo the photographer the photo man um smeared some like vaseline on the edge of his lens to get it to look all blurry which is kind of kind of fun, I guess. I would have um, just gone into Photoshop and done the Gaussian blur. Yeah, right. Uh, but then it's really famous because apparently the entire world and like every person who writes about this album on internet blogs is obsessed with Brian's face in it. He looks like a cute little school like, girl. Yeah, he's like hiding in his coat collar and like has this evil little smile on his face. But it's just weird. The Brian stuff is so weird, man. There's so many. Like, there's either the weird Brian stands who are like the Stones and success, like ruined Brian. He was a musical genius, right. and like Mick and Keith made him kill himself, basically. Yeah. And then on the other hand, there's people who are like Brian was a loose cannon from the minute he stepped on stage. He like ruined all their songs. Although he did do that nice marimba stuff on under my thumb but (laughs) fuck him anyway yeah he was a terrible person you know like it's there's like there's no middle ground on brian it's weird it is because there's like all the stuff i read i feel like about the album cover it's like michael is like very yeah a little bit there's no middle ground yeah it's either he's the true beach boy yeah (laughs) or he's the worst fucking person of the lot yeah which true good point which both are true and both are true of brian like he's not the best beach boy in any way shape or form <laughs> coming out of left field with brian jones being a contributing beach boy yeah. um so man although he and brian wilson would have honestly been interesting to together put in a studio together yeah. yeah like if there's just one song of the beach boys or the stones where they work together that would have been i wonder could have been good anyway um 
oh, but a lot of the stuff about the album cover and Brian making a weird face is very, like, derisive about Brian, like, obviously Brian was already too far gone to really be in the Stones anymore and stuff like Uh, that where it's like, that's not his face, man. He's just making a weird face. Also, the photo was taken at, like, four in the morning after they'd been recording all night. So, like, of course they all look crazy because they were all stoned and tired and I don't know. Yeah. No, I get I don't like being a Brian defender, but... Sometimes it feels necessary because people are just fucking. I get weird that. About well, it. people shouldn't look into a fucking album cover that they like barely took a picture for and be like, "Oh, Brian, yeah. at this point, he was doing a cheeky little smile because he hated everybody." Go fuck yourself, yeah, pal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So not like a ton about this album, really, wh- yeah. which is interesting. It makes it feel honestly a little more just like. It's just very interesting to listen to because you can kind of infer what some of the songs are about based on like who the Stones are dating or not or whatever at right. the point at this moment. But in general, it just feels like a lot of the decisions made on it. I like want to know why, and there's not a lot of explanation out there, which makes it feel like kind of a fun, mysterious album still, even yeah. in the internet age where it feels like you can find every detail. Right. It's funny Um, that there, like, I don't think there's a single Beatles song that there's not an entire fucking book written about, you know? But, like, this whole album, hard to find information on, which I think is kind of charming. Yeah. There is, now that you mentioned that, I did read somewhere early on uh, when we were doing the show that there was a, I think there was a Rolling Stones book where they do, like, every single track. Yeah. (laughs) uh, And then they do a little, at least, like, a paragraph or two about every single one. Um, so I wonder, I should look that back up and maybe order that book and see if that has some more Ooh. between the buttons details. But Get more of that sweet tint. Yeah. That's... But like tellingly, I think when we talked about Aftermath, I read like literally the only mention of 1966 and 67 in like the book that I'm reading about the Stones. Right. And it was, it's so little, like it just barely, it, I don't even think there's a reference to between the buttons in that book. Huh. Which is kind of crazy. That um, is crazy. Yeah, the author is very focused on getting to their 1967 drug bust and what that means for them. So, oh, that seems like an annoying author. Yeah. So, technically, we're gonna start. Okay. In 1966, here. Okay. Because they had a single released that will not show up on an official album. So. Uh, although we have already listened to it because it was on their live album. Right. Got live if you want it. But we have Have You Seen Your Mother Baby Standing in the Shadow. Released in September 66. Much better than the live version we heard. Oh, so much better than the live version. I mean, you can understand what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I love the trumpet. Yeah, first stone song with a horn section. And maybe any horns. Like, I, they probably had... I don't even know if they've had saxophone or anything so oh, far. Oh, yeah. Okay. Weird for a blues R&B cover band. Yeah. Like, I don't think they've had any brass... None that have... Wind instruments. None that we pointed out. I guess they might have had a little think. bit of flute. Yeah. Yeah. But this song but, is really good. It is really good. It's surprising because, like, I mean, I'm sure to people who are more fans of the Stones, this is a decently famous song. But I don't think I've really ever heard this song. Uh, 
and it was like a pretty big hit for them so yeah it is good it uh went to the top five in the uk and top 10 in the u.s as a single it's a little bit of a weird song just because the sound of it doesn't quite fit in with aftermath or between the buttons i would say like it's a weird it sounds like like a a much later stone song like what they're going to be doing in five years does it sounds like the very little i know of like let it bleed era stones right. it sounds more like a little bit or well yeah no that's kind of yeah it does sound like kind of later stones that are yeah. a little more over the top and grand and yeah I don't know. um but it's a good song it's a very good song very very good song the back cover kind of a little factoid the back cover of the single had all the stones dressed in drag Ooh, yeah which i'm sure was levacious at the time probably people now in the 60s dressing up (laughs) not masculine so between the buttons is continues their dive into psychedelic rock um obviously we got a bit on aftermath and it'll kind of end with uh, their Satanic Majesty's request, their dive into into psychedelic rock, um, and well, and kind of pop. I mean, like I guess they technically always were a pop band just because they were always popular, right? But this definitely feels like uh, I guess we'll see kind of in the later '60s. But this feels like part of an era where they were concertedly trying to like write hit songs and pop songs to some degree. Yeah, well, and. I don't know it yeah well because the Beatles started out just doing pop songs and then they moved more right. into like songs that were popular Weirder that were stuff pop songs which is interesting that the Stones have yeah. like a completely different tra- trajectory the opposite trajectory yeah well part of the difference might I mean the Beatles and I would say paul more than john but yeah they always had like just a knack for like no matter the song you had to it it could be and should be like a little bit catchy no matter how like weird and far out it got whereas the stones well like some psychedelic bands didn't care about being catchy at all and that's more like hardcore psychedelia the stones i feel like are on the other end where since they came from like hardcore blues they didn't care about it being catchy in that way so it was just like more of an effort for them to kind of write a hooky poppy song maybe um at least early on so that's why like like right now they're definitely trying maybe later in their career they get better at doing it without trying so hard basically and being able to make a more bluesy song catchy right without making it like a pop song so that makes sense uh, this was mostly recorded in 1966, actually. It was released in January in the UK in 67. So mostly recorded during 1966, uh, partially while they were in the US on tour in LA and partially in London. It was one of their first albums to have a lot of over overdubbing happening and a lot of layering and they were still at a point, I believe we talked more in depth about how this worked on the Beach Boys Boys, but they were still at a recording point where they were just using four tracks. Yeah. Um, 
So there was a lot of compressing the four, tra- like recording on four tracks, compressing that down to one track on a piece of tape, and then recording over that with three more empty tracks. And that compresses stuff together, creates a lot of like weird background noise. It can like weirdly drown out stuff because you can't mix anything after it's compressed. Um, so they got all the stuff on there they wanted, but um, Mick was disappointed with the final sound of the album because of it. I couldn't find anything about the other band members liking or disliking it. Um, okay. But apparently there was a 60, 1968, I think, interview with Mick where he talked a bit about not liking the album at all, uh, mostly just because of, yeah, the, the sound quality issues on it. So, And then real quick, before we get to that track by track, the back cover... Oh, the front cover, actually, we should talk about real quick. One more thing is that, so it's this picture of them all standing outside. I think it's just like outside the recording studio. Right. uh, In a little stand of trees. And the original album cover didn't have, so like now when you find it on Spotify in the corners, it has between the buttons and the Rolling Stones, like in this circular kind of groovy lettering. Yeah. Uh, but the original album had those circles of lettering, but they were microscopic, like on the buttons of Charlie's coat. Oh, that's cool. So you like, you wouldn't be able to read it basically on a computer. Um, you'd have to have it in. So, and they did the ones on the side as like, uh, stickers on the shrink wrap in the store. Oh, so that's kind of, that's one of those things that they added afterwards. That's cool to the digital version so yeah i I found a picture of the lp and yeah that's cool that you can see it on charlie's coat yeah which they i mean they had a habit like their first album right didn't have an album title on it or whatever like right they've done that a couple times now which is for the time actually um okay on the back cover though it has the track listing but instead of any usual sort of photos of the band it is a hand-drawn cartoon by charlie watts Oh, Charlie did that, huh? Yeah. Did you find a picture of it? I somewhere? did. Well, yeah, you or sent did I it, send to it to you. Yeah. Okay. Did you read it? I think you should um, explain the picture and all the captions. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Okay, so it's titled Between the Buttons. And in parentheses underneath, to understand this little rhyme, you first must tap your foot in time. Then the buttons come much nearer and the stones you see more clearer. I we're not going to do that, but I will read it. And I will say before I start, it makes no sense. So, (laughs) all right. So the first panel is a little crowd chanting. We want the stones. We want the stones. The caption between the buttons started as a laugh, but pretty soon turned into a farce. The next panel has a group of people standing here and talking in all my years in show business. Are they for real? All head and no bread. Wait till I tell my wife. The caption, between the buttons, between the fibers, we know a lot have called us liars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Rolling Stones have been known for lying at this point in their career. Notorious liars. Uh, The next panel is someone saying, is that a boy or a girl? (laughs) Between the buttons, behind the dirt, you know at times you're often hurt. Okay. Uh, And then the next sign is uh, Rolling Stones show sold out. And a guy saying, you know, they ain't bad after all. Between the buttons at last did fit, and so to prove it, here they sit. Uh, 
And then the next one is someone, oh, okay, they're listening to Have You Seen Your Mother Baby on the radio. Well, I like it. Well, I don't know. Between the buttons on the ledge do seem at times to go over the edge. Uh, And then the last panel is a guy with two mouths talking out both both sides of his mouth. Am I right? What a bitch. They, They ain't what? They ain't as never will be. They ain't yeah, as what is never that? will be. What do they? What do think? they think they're up to now? And then the other side, hi Mick, love your latest. I assume that's a record company guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then before, but before you hand us the cup, count your buttons before doing them up. All right. I mean, fine. If they felt good about it, it's definitely not nearly as bad as Lug's faux beat poetry. So <laughs> that was a really good interpretation of that, Pete. I really Thank appreciate you PJ. doing that for me. I hope it was sensical. Yeah. Well, you want to get into the track by track? I do a little. Oh, I want to get into the track by track. Let's do a little break first, and we'll come back for that. Let's do sweet track by track. A little break. She would never say where she came from. Yesterday don't matter if it's gone. And hello, Rolling Stone Studs listeners. Hi, Look at that. guys. What a what a way to come back from a break. You know, it's crazy because like stones are rubies, or rubies are stones. Yeah, I think that's rather. a square rectangle situation. I think so too. Yeah, but one is the other, but the other isn't the other. Exactly. Every r- stone is a ruby. Every mm-hmm. ruby is not a stone. No, not at all. Some of them, jello. Yeah, that red jello. You can call that rubies. I and I do. I I yeah. call my mother and say, "Give me some of that frozen rubies." And yeah. she's very confused cuz we don't speak. Yeah. yeah. I suppose I could turn the music off. I uh oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um so between the buttons, PJ, let's so okay, so it came out the UK they're two versions still this is i this is the very last pj okay. this is a fucking milestone this is the very last rolling stones album to have two versions in the u.s and uk thank god um i know i'm so goddamn sick of it we're not quite out of the compilation album woods yet we have one more of those too yeah. but and then we'll be smooth sailing from there and then from there on pj i'm sure there will be zero confusing things about their discography i think so uh but this came out in the uk in january 67 and in february in the u.s um in the uk the album went to number three in the u.s it went to number two and ruby tuesday the b-side single went to number one yeah uh this assumedly happened because the a-side was let's spend the night together and people the like story in rock and roll is that djs did not want to play that naughty naughty song so they flipped it over to ruby tuesday which is funny because before this they've had the song i just want to make love to you and that song 
Ed Sullivan, Sully Sullivan himself said, nah, yeah. not on my program, boys. Yeah. You're too dirty. They're just dirty little stones. They're just too dirty. There in the oh, boat. that was Nixon. What is... What does that I think sound Sully like? sounded very similar, okay. to be honest. He's kind of the pre-Nixon Nixon of the, yeah. of the states there. Ladies and gentlemen, he was like, the Beatles. Look, he, does he just recorded like all Nixon. his conversations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only time Sully Sullivan ever talked was on that yeah. show. It was a very interesting time. And it's show. just him throwing to bands. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, okay, as a person who has only ever seen Ed Sullivan literally like throwing to the band in YouTube clips. Yeah. Was there a part of that show that wasn't him just introducing bands and like variety acts? Like, did he actually talk to celebrity guests and stuff? He, I think he did. I think it was. Cause it was an hour long kind of variety show. I think, right? I think it was a variety show and not so much like a talk show. So I don't think he, I think he may have mm. talked to the people a little bit afterwards. So right. like they'd have a plate spinner or some dumb bullshit. And then he'd like be like, oh, how'd yeah. you learn that skill? Oh. Yeah, maybe do some news up top. Yeah. Uh, so did y'all hear about the Kennedy assassination? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's get into the track by track. All right. Uh, so we're going to start with the United States version. PJ revealed to me, showed his, he showed his ass in the break, uh, that he did not listen to the UK version at all. Which is fine. Uh, yeah. It's not really all that different. Um, it, there's just two song, two songs swapped out, and I believe side B is almost the exact same on okay. both. Yeah, side yeah. B is basically the exact same on both albums. So, I did not um, realize there was a different version. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I mean, they're both on Spotify, but it's fine. Not a problem. I just looked up so, between the buttons, and it was the first one that came up. Uh, no, that's fine. Yeah. I think the uh, weirdly uh, like we've talked about like different it's not consistent whether the US or the right. UK version is considered like the best one and for this one I do agree it seemed like more like things online more like references to it were to the US version having Ruby Tuesday on it and stuff um so uh maybe that is you know kind of the one that's caught the popular consciousness but right let's get into it all right first song a familiar tune Let's spend the night together. PJ, I, we don't need to restart the show. Just get to the track by track. And welcome to the... I don't know. What are we throwing away? All that gold we've been spinning this yeah. entire time? No. The ba- baddest boys of the... This is a different version. It is. I think it is anyway. It I realized... Is. I haven't listened to the full version of Let's Spend the Night Together in a long, long time because we only listened to the first minute or so for our intro. Interesting. This is a very different version. I really, really like this song. It's Uh, a good song. I mean, I know we chose it for our intro, partially because it's a good one, partially because we thought it would be somewhat funny to pick the Rolling Stones song that sounded the most like a Beach Boys. Boys song. Yeah. But it is. It sounds like the. It kind of sounds like they were trying. I don't know if it was purposeful or not, but it sounds like they were kind of trying to do a little Beach Boys jab here, maybe. I mean, um, they have all of them singing harmonies, and it's like nonsense lyrics, which is a very Beach Boys thing. Yes, and then also nearer to the end, they start doing this post-chorus thing that's like this little minor key drop that sounds very Beach Boys to me. I'll try and point it out when it happens. Yeah, this is a very different version than the one we used for our intro. 
Interesting. Nice little organ popping up there. Lot of look at those yeah. harmonies. This sounds like good middle um, Beach Boys, like middle um, yes era. Yeah. Um, this part. I don't know. It's not. It's a little subtle, but like the organ in the background is like dropping down in chords that make me think of Pet Sounds, honestly. It's, it's a little bit, yeah, like Pet Soundsy. I was thinking Pet Sounds are like Wild Honey, even, like mm-hmm. kind of around there. Yeah, okay, that too, which I know we talked about. <laughs> this album, maybe I, all, I can say more afterwards, but this album did remind me a lot of Wild Honey yeah. in many ways. It looks like our next tattoos will be Between the Buttons tattoos. Mm-hmm. Between our butt cheeks. Of course. Alright, next okay, song is PJ, yesterday. wait, wait, wait. I have the tattoo idea. So first of all, the first pun is that it's between our butt cheeks. And then the buttons... I just... It needs to be somewhere on, on our perineum, I guess, yeah. is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's at least one button there, but I'm not sure where the second button <laughs> is. Maybe the other buttons are the, the stones, as you yeah, call them. exactly. Yeah. Anyway, alright. Yesterday's papers... <laughs> This is a weird song. Man. It's it's very weird. Um, it, it feels like um, the Peanuts gang should be dancing to it. Yeah, the I think that's a vibraphone there, or maybe xylophone. I'm unclear. There were a lot of weird credits for Brian on this album that were hard to parse, yeah. but that nobody cared about. I like it. Like I like the weirdness of that sound. Um, oh, of that sound, not the song. Did you like the song? I do like the song. I did not at first, but it grew on. Okay. I couldn't tell if I liked the song or not. Like every time it came on, I was like, "Do I like this?" But I didn't dislike it. This part I like. Yeah. This is. I mean, the lyrics are heroes and villainsy. A little bit. Yeah. The lyrics are pretty, eh, just because it's Mick complaining about, you know, one night stands, basically, it sounds like. This but, part um, fucking rules. Yes. For sure. I think I think I like it. Um, oh, actually, in my it was supposedly about Chrissy Shrimpton, the lady who was seen during Aftermath, uh, who at this point is his ex-girlfriend. Ooh. And he's with Marianne Faithful now. How? That's a that's a power move. Writing a song about your ex called "Yesterday's Papers." Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is a good one. It's very good. Ruby Tuesday or Tuesday, as they say in the UK. Tuesday. Put it on the schedule. Ruby Tuesday. My aluminium contract is due. <laughs> Uh, so I love 
the verses on this song. Okay. And I can't stand the chorus. The chorus is the best part. The, the singing on it is by far the worst awful, part. but it's great. Yes, it is awful. <laughs> the singing is bad, but I, I, for some reason, I love this song. Um, the drumming is so good. The singing is really bad. The chorus melody to me just sounds like the most generic 60s pop chorus. I think that's like, what it, I like about really, it. I don't love it. I I honestly, I might like the chorus if it was sung by like a different band, but then the verses are so good with the... Um, you want this song sung by Herman's Hermits. I guess, yeah. Uh, so the verses have Brian doodling around on a recorder in the background, and then there's uh, upright bass is what that is. I thought it was cello at first, but according to Wikipedia, it's upright bass, uh, which was played by Bill holding the strings and then Keith using the bow. <laughs> <laughs> they, they each could do one part. I, they couldn't figure it out. I don't know out. why. Bill's arms must have been too short or yeah. something. I don't know. Um, and then also, supposedly, this one was mostly written by Keith with a little bit of help from Brian. Okay. But credited to Keith and Mick, so. Mm. This is a good song. I like I this I know song. it's a huge hit, but I, I don't know. I, no, it's not for me. I think. But the, cor- the verses really are awesome. The verses sound very Sgt. Pepper to me. And yeah. like they have interest it's interesting stuff happening but the chorus just is is too generic i think for me to connect with see that's what i like i like that it's like weird and trippy like and like beatlesy beach boysy in the in the verses and then it goes into this like super poppy chorus i like that a lot yeah so yeah all right yeah i guess i also really love the drums on the chorus I also don't love Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I'm realizing, which is almost the exact same song, maybe? I haven't listened to that song in a long time, but I feel like it's very similar, where it's like a weird, psychedelic verse. It's a good song. And then the chorus just tries to be as pop as possible. It's a good song. Uh, Alright, Connection. I think I can guess your favorite song on this album, Pete. Oh, it's not I don't this think one. you'll get it. It's not this one. No, but I don't think you'll get my favorite song. Uh, this song slaps, though. Oh, this song fucking rules. Um, I have never heard a palm-muted bass, I don't think, ever, in a song. Not palm-muted, but, like, the, the, um... I think it is, man. I've no, listened no, no. to this I'm a not lot. saying this isn't palm-muted, I, but, like, I've not heard a palm-muted oh, bass gotcha. a lot, but they used to, like... At the Stax recordings and Mo, I think Motown mostly, Motown and um, um, Carol Kay put a sponge oh, yeah. under their like um, strings to make it like a little bit muted. But she played it, with a pick, so I think that it might be the could be that. But it uh, either way, they're muting it somehow so that it's just a very flat sound. Yeah. Um. And I like it. It's cool. This is a uh, good song. And this song. song rules. Yeah. Which is, this is like a deep cut stone song, but it is awesome. It is. It's also weird. I want to look up now. It feels like it's really short, but it might not actually be all that short. It's of two minutes tune. and seven seconds. Yeah. Okay. And I kind of like it just as like, 
they actually have a few songs on this album i feel like that are just weird little like yeah ideas of songs and end up being very short and the guitar on it is really good it is really good um will you do me a favor yes sir and go to like 50 seconds in on this song just i'm sure it's coming back up this melody but i had this in my notes so okay when he starts the verse here oh i went back again i'm sorry oh you're good Wait, is this around? Oh, okay. Whenever he gets back to the verse, sorry. Okay, just that part is like, I could not stop thinking of I'm a believer. It is very, Just that one melody is like, I don't know if it's exactly lifted, but it sounds so similar to I'm a Believer to me. I'm a Believer, famous by The Monkees, written by Neil Diamond. Hell yeah. Alright. Alright. She smiled sweetly. She smiled sweetly. This is what I thought would be your favorite one on this album. No, not at all. It's fine. You're actually not totally wrong, but there's a couple key parts of this song that I cannot stand, so. I thought you would really like this one for some reason. I love I love the fuzz bass I love the ballad I love mixed voice on it that, that those are the three things why I thought you would love this song yes uh, but two things first of all I'm positive the bass is out of tune and I don't know how or why it is during the walk down part here it sounds a little weird if you listen when we get to the end of the next chorus on the bum 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 it's out of tune i don't have a good enough ear to know whether it's sharp or flat but i really love his voice on this me too and i love it's very asmr the way he's like pronouncing yeah sweetly i love the organ on it too yeah this part. I think that's a little sharp. Yeah. But it's like, I don't have that great of an ear, and it's noticeably out of tune in a way that just baffles me that it got to a final record. Maybe it got mixed down the first version, and they just yeah. couldn't go back at a certain point. Also, that part, the... That begin again and or again part sounds to me like a like kid writing their first song. It's like a really bad, really huh. little. I don't know. It, I don't mind it. It really sounds like you're at like a talent show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Interesting. I thought you would really dig that song. Alright. No, I think. You'll be very surprised by my favorite song on this album. Cool, calm, and collected. This is weird as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the weirdest. Well, she's 
I like them kind of getting into like the weird like British I don't know like vaudeville kind of yeah. vibe here What do you think about that smash cut? Absolutely hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to get used to the first few times I was in this album. But then I do like the. But like, I like it kicking back in there. Yeah. Is that a sitar? I think that's just guitar. Oh, I weirdly. Uh, I can double check that, but I think it's just a really like tinny. Yeah. You know, clean electric. Guitar. And most of the time I would hate that. I really liked it in the song, and it's maybe the only part of this song that I like dig yeah yeah I don't see anything funky credited on this song except the kazoo solo coming up (laughs) who's playing that who do you think Brian man oh I mean it could be anybody he played the kazoo so hard his mouth started bleeding (laughs) and they weren't recording any of it blow it Brian it's, I really, this song's fucking wild. I like it. I just like how batshit it is. I don't even know if I like it as a song. But. I don't like <laughs> it as a song. I do like whatever they're doing with the guitar there, though. Because it sounds yeah. like a sitar or whatever, you know? It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. All sold out. That kazoo solo, honestly, pretty good. Yeah. It's dope. <laughs> And then this song is just as weird, but in like the absolute opposite direction. <laughs> this is my least favorite song on the album. Really? Is I thought you were going to love this one because it's so like garage rock, bare bones. I don't know. I thought you would like this. It's also one of my least favorites, I would say. Yeah, it's not good. It's just, like, there's nothing about it that, like, screams, like, I'm a song. I like <laughs> the, I like this chorusy part a little bit. Um, this was my least favorite part of it. This song is just really weird. So, like, I mean, on Aftermath, they were doing the bow, bow, bow vocals, but now they're doing right. hip-hip, man? Like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. I do like that uh, guitar tone. Yeah, also, this song gives me a very specific vibe that I don't even know if it's correct, but I just immediately started thinking of, like, late 80s, early 90s, like, indie rock bands, like, Dinosaur Jr. kind of era. It, it sounds like it was like, recorded like that. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and with the guitar going on in the background, yeah. like, it's just very, like, I think you yeah, hit like it on the head with Dinosaur Jr. Garage. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's crazy. It's, I don't love it. It was my low point of the album. Yeah. All right, my obsession. I also don't love this one. I like the bass on it a lot. The bass and organ happening is sick. And the piano. Yeah. No, but other than that, it's not a very good song. Um... It feels like they're trying really hard to write a Beatles song here. Yeah. Like, they listen to Sergeant Pepper's Once we Peppers get to the chorus part, it. this part seems like they're trying so hard to be the Beatles. You can't dodge it, the simple logic. You 
The fuzz bass is cool again, though. That's very good. Well, they recorded this in 66 and it came out in 67, right? Yeah. Okay, so I take my, my Sgt. Pepper's comment. Yeah, they did predate Sgt. Pepper's a little bit here, but it is interesting how much this kind of reminds me of Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. The piano is really good, and that's what really brought it back for me. Yeah, all the instrumentation is fine on it. I just, yeah, as a song, it just feels like it weirdly yeah. drags and, like, uh, yeah, there's not enough happening for me. I agree. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Okay. Who's been sleeping here? This song fucking rules. This is a phenomenal song, dude. Yes. I love the, like, I don't know how they do it, but, like, the guitar tones fading in and out, like, just the weird uh, feedback kind of noise. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's, it's so good. The piano is great on it. Um, I love mixed voice. The lyrics are a little Dumb. ridiculous, both in the way that they try to, like, be, like, medieval pop of the time. Right. And then it's also, like, it, yeah, it, this song, like, they were trying to be the Beatles on the last one. This one feels very much like they tried to write a Bob Dylan song. A little bit, yeah. And like, to some degree, they succeeded. Like, the lyrics to me seem Dylan-y, and then, like, the harmonica bed... It's happening seems very Dylan y. It's kind of like a Highway 61 vibe. Mm-hmm. But it's a really good song. Yeah. No, it is. It, it rules. Um, this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was my favorite on the album, but it, it's up there. Yeah, it is up there. Uh, Bill has a sick McCartney esque bass line happening in the background, by the way. Ooh, it is. Yeah. Boom, boom, ba boom. It's, it's like a weirdly different baseline than the song feels like it should call for, but it's yeah. great. Shit, this is like very Dylan-y. I didn't even realize that when I was listening to it. Yeah, the lyrics are very, even though it's just like him, I guess, mad at his girlfriend for having people over or whatever, but yeah. feels like he's purposefully trying to be like the brigadiers and the musketeers and the cavaliers. Yeah. And yeah. King George came over and... Next song is Complicated. Oh, sorry, I played the wrong Complicated. That was the one by Avril Lavigne. (laughs) Avril Lavigne, always influenced by the Rolling Stones. Everyone knows that. All right, Complicated by the Rolling Stones. This intro sounds like it's a... Like a Sean on Ah song. Yeah, a little bit. This is good. This sounds like it is a leftover from Aftermath to me. It sounds yeah. very Aftermath. This song to me like conjured up images of the circus for some reason. It's like I think probably just like the organ thing in the background is very kind of circusy. Yeah. Peter, I gotta ask you a question. What up? 
When do you think they're going to make an Across the Universe or Mamma Mia style uh, musical about the Rolling Stones music? Hey man, as we talked about somewhat recently, we uh, whenever we talked about their TV show, like oh. it's crazy there hasn't been a Stones movie. Yeah. So like whenever they decide to license the music, I guess. I feel like there's like six documentaries about the Stones. But so many documentaries, but they have not done yet. Yeah. But like, I mean, you know, the minute they decide to release their songs for a movie, it's being made. Yeah. It just it has to be them for some reason just not wanting to. Yeah. I mean, Mick Jagger uh, did a few years ago um, produce a show called Vinyl that the first episode yeah. was. Oh um, yeah. Produced. That was kind of supposed to be about them, right? No. It was directed oh. by Martin Scorsese the first episode and his son was in it and it was like about oh, the record son. industry yeah. in the 70s and like uh, they were trying to sign this punk band but his Mick Jagger's son was the uh, actor who played the lead singer of the punk band it was a mm. show that I really hated but I loved watching for some reason they were called the Mossy Rocks <laughs> yeah I th- oh, yeah. So it was honestly worse than that um <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I do remember hearing bad things about that. I don't have HBO, so I didn't. Uh, um, I actually, I have TV, not HBO. Oh, okay. It's, no. it's uh, um, the, the, the first episode has the worst Robert Plant impersonator of all time. Oh, like, oh clearly no. this guy was just, like, right. some skinny kid they found on the street, and they, like, threw a terrible wig on him. They're like, you can do British accent, right? Yeah, you can do British accent. He's like, like yeah, I love that Greta Van Fleet band. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I yeah. know what the deal is. Yeah. But he's just like, hey, you over there, what are you doing on Led Zeppelin? It's really <laughs> bad. Nice. All right. Uh, we're talking a lot over complicated, which I have to say I've been kind of listening to out of one ear. It's good. It's definitely, it's not bad. It's not amazing, but. Oh, yeah, we have not good, talked about it good at tr- all. Good tune. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's got some decent melody going on there. I'm, it, it should be on the B side. And Yeah. But it, it's a good But song. it's also not one you would, like, take off unless there was clearly a better track. You know, yeah. yeah. Miss Amanda Jones. Uh, Miss Amanda Jones. This song also rules. This man. song this is, is good. so good. The guitar tone on it alone. Dude, the guitar tone is insane. It is so good. And also just goes to show when the Stones don't do blues every single song, like it hits so much better when they throw one blues song on an album. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this song also has some of the best like guitar links I've heard in a while. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. That guitar is, sounds like it yeah. could have been recorded yesterday. It's so thick, man. Like it's yeah, it's really wild. After one of the uh, choruses here, there's some guitar lyrics that are just wild. And then this part's great. Like, yeah. And like, again, kind of Beatles-y, but it kind of works yeah. when they're throwing it into like a Stonesy right. blues song. Yeah. It is kind it of beatles but like, like they made it their own thing. Yes. Um, okay, so the, the the name of the band in the show Vinyl, the punk band that uh, Mick Jagger's son, James Jagger, which is a stupid name, um, oh, wow. was the lead of, was called The Nasty Bits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Where are those between the buttons? The yeah. nasty bits. <laughs> I hear that's where they keep them. Uh, this song's really awesome. This song um, fucking supposedly rules. written about Brian, Amanda, Amanda Jones, uh, maybe Brian Jones. Oh, yeah. There's some lyric in it about like, do you realize how much money we have in you or something? So I, it's supposedly about Brian, you know, being too into drugs or whatever. Right. Makes sense. Oh God, that guitar's so good. Yeah, like ASMR. I wonder if, like, everyone who listens to music has it, but, like, there are certain guitar tones that give me, like, an ASMR quality when I hear them, and this is, this song has, like, four of them. It's just such a beautifully perfect distorted guitar. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of a perfect song. Yeah, it's very good. Something happened to me yesterday. Uh, all of the brass stuff on here, Brian Something played. By the way. Impressive. We also have our first non-Mick lead vocal, where Keith jumps in to do the uh, chorus oh, here. I thought you were saying were. that wasn't Mick, and I was like, "There's no, oh, no fucking yeah, way." This is Mick. Okay. Oh, so groovy. I really love his enunciation on this song, yeah. Oh, this is Keith coming up. He don't know if it's right or wrong. Maybe he should tell someone. He's not sure just It's not bad. It no. It's interesting he that they decided kinda like to George do a Harrison. duet. Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah. It sounds... It's like one of those perfectly fine voices where I feel like you can tell it has zero range outside of the exact notes he's singing. <laughs> Like yeah. it's kind of it's kind of tight around the edges, but yeah. it's, it works for the song, I think. Love Brian's little whistle. I also really love the guitar riff on this, where it's just the two notes over and over again during the verse. Yeah, it's it's a really good song, but like it does not really fit on this album. I don't know if I agree with you. I don't think it's bad. I just think the rest of the album is like a lot weirder than this. And this is like skiffle music, you know? Oh, see, I think this is possibly the weirdest song on the album. No. Just because the style of it, it leans so hard into like, like British, uh, kind of pot, like this whole part with, um, this part's cool the horn section like it just leans so much into like weird british vaudeville music from like the 30s that like the beatles obviously did a ton of right and the stones i don't think do a lot of and it just it feels it 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 feels very weird to me and like also it's weird but in a different way than the rest of them are i feel like yeah That nice little guitar there. That was not a guitar. Yeah, it is. It's just like really high up on the guitar, or with a capo or some shit. Oh, I thought you meant the like tuba that he was playing. I thought you were calling oh. that a guitar, and I was like, Peter. <laughs> no, I meant the little guitar strokes. Okay. 
I was like, it could be ukulele, but I don't like think oh, so. No. Like, okay. <laughs> also, Brian is credited with playing theremin on this song, and I feel like I can't ever catch it. I keep listening to the song, and I never pick where theremin is. Maybe it's just hidden really well. Maybe, yeah. All right. Because I get the rest of it. He plays trumpet, trombone, tuba. Um. And then, like, does his little whistling thing. I do like that bump, ba dump, bum bum. All right. Yeah. Shall we move on to the UK? Oh, go to the. Oh. Skip to the end of this one real quick. Because there's a. The fade out, or the end of the song is really weird. Don't forget, if you're on your bike, we're white. Um. They do a little spoken word ending there there's a theremin did you just hear it oh yeah you're right uh i think honestly i always thought that was like a violin or some shit but just like kind of out of tune and weird but yeah it is the theremin that's i mean Um, that's what a theremin is if nothing else a weird out of tune violin someone i forget the guy's name who invented it but he just he needed the sound of an out-of-tune violin but couldn't play violin so how do you fix that oh i'll build me a instrument to do just that um was his name like robert theremin yeah sure um so the end of that song so it's got the little like fade out thing where we missed part of it but it's like thanks to all the boys in the band and all producers and like all that, and then they fade out with the line about wearing a bike and wearing white, which is apparently the like end of every episode of some BBC show that was really famous oh. during the fifties and sixties. Yeah, was yeah, like the main character at the end of every every episode said that. So it's weird when you like learn something like that, like something is a reference to something from the sixties, and it's like, oh, okay, I have no context for that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad. I that- mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that the Beatles put that in the most famous song of all time. You know? Like yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Um True. I mean, PJ, is it really any different than in like hip hop when they sample really famous songs and you don't realize? Oh, it's exactly the same, Pete. Um Shall we go to the UK version or so, do you want to Yeah, let's it go to the UK version, I guess. Should I just play the ones that weren't on? Uh, let's go track by okay. track still through the first side because it's very different, I would say. Okay, is the B-side almost exactly the same? No. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, Yesterday's Papers. Let's just go. this one off. Yeah. So, such a weird start to an album such with Yesterday's Papers. Such a bad opener. I mean, even if you're trying to do like a statement of purpose that like we're a weird psychedelic band right now, it's still just a very weird start. Um, although I have to say, the more I listen to the album, the less it bothered me. But yeah, it is a weird. It does. It is a weird, weird first song. Yeah. All right, my obsession. Also, a weird song to like put uh, number two. To Come me. on, guys. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, you want to yeah. talk about that? No, that's good. Okay. Back. So then we get to Backstreet Girl, uh, which is one of the ones that didn't show yeah. up on the U.S. version. Uh, but also, like, they just love putting these fucking ballads as, like, yeah. the second or third song on the album. It's really weird for the Stones. K 
cannot get away from it. Also, I feel like this fucking part happens for like I a full minute. I don't want you to be high. Yeah. I don't want you to be down. Don't um, to even though the lyrics are pretty lie. ridiculous, it's basically Just Mick like having a, a affair and then getting mad at the lady He's for not being right like up to my as I guess high class as his current girlfriend. Oh, that's cool of him. What a good dude. But I really, really like this song, man. Like, I like this a lot more than She Smiled Sweetly, if we're talking about ballads here. I don't like it as much as She Smiled Sweetly, I don't think, but I think it's good. Um, I wish there was less... I, I wish it was most... I know that it is, at this point, mostly mixed vocal, but I wish there was, like, less background music, you know? Mm. Like, Oh, I like I like how... I don't know. Get rid of the accordion I like a ballad, or you know? yeah. I like a ballad that has like a lot going on like this. Oh. The flute or maybe a recorder? I should check real quick. Um, I don't know if it says, but... And then the accordion, man. I think the accordion's good. I just like... The I accordion's think this, sick. I think the song would be super dope if it was just like just mix singing. And like that like click track or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't agree, but uh, I love it. It's great. I do, I do love the accordion, though. I can't stress yeah. that enough. It's good. All right. Connection. Oh, yeah. Connection, we already know. Yeah. Um, she smiled sweetly. Yeah, like two slow songs on the first half of this album. Yeah. Especially because this version... Well, yeah, I guess it's basically all upbeat songs on the back half. It's a little weird. Yeah. And then Cool, Calm, and Collected. Yeah, see, but then this, I feel like, works similar to something that happened to me yesterday. Like, they're both kind of pulling on that, like, classic British music. I kind of get that, yeah. To influence, so... Something Happened to Me Yesterday doesn't feel so out of place. Twinned with that. All sold out. Um, so the next one I guess they only swapped out two they just kind of switched the order around a little bit too the next one's the other song that doesn't show up on the US version please go home if you like guitar tone this song too man yeah Okay, so luckily I have heard both of the songs that were on this. That I, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this song fucking rules. I did not realize that this was going to be on this album. Yeah, this song's good. It's crazy, man. The Bo Diddley beat, but once again, like an insanely great guitar tone. It's also got a cool psychedelic, like, echo going to happen soon. Yeah, this song really, really rules. Yeah. This might be the main reason I ended up listening to the UK version more than the US through the week. The song was on. It's just because I like this song so much. I was like, I can't. I don't want to listen to this album without it. It's heavy. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. It's good. It is. I, uh, it really feels like, um, I forget what song we talked about this recently with the Stones. 
But this sounds like they like took what they wanted to be playing in 1964, like Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley covers, and yeah. like made it their own and yeah. made it into Absolutely. like I don't know, yeah. I do this also adult like music that's really great. I like that the album order is "Please Go Home" and then "Who's Been Sleeping Here." Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So then the next uh, one. So is, and then the rest of it is yeah. the is the same. Who's there. been sleeping here? Complicated. Is the same as U.S. Yeah. Miss Amanda Jones, and something happened to me yesterday. Um, so yeah, like weird weird versions. So this album. I don't. I'm curious whether you had a similar thought at all. You you hadn't heard this album before, right? I think you had mentioned. No, I I had never. I've heard I'd heard songs from it, but I'd never listened to okay. it all the way through. Yeah. So I like really hated this the first like half dozen times probably that I listened to it. Interesting. It came off on the first few listens. It came off so sloppy to me. Like on a bunch of the songs, it just it sounds like they're playing even though it's really overdubbed like it kind of had the effect of them like playing live together but then also all being like drunk and off each other's rhythms like it's really messy sounding i was like none of this like it's like not lined up there were a lot of like breaks in songs where the drum fills would be like weirdly off time and stuff and just weirdness uh like that like the out of tune bass i don't know just it like really bugged me and then at some point it kind of clicked and i turned the corner into thinking that was like charming instead of annoying that it was kind of messy and sloppy interesting i listened to this album and i immediately was like it's a pretty good album yeah yeah i don't know why like i guess maybe compared to aftermath which was so polished and felt like it felt like a product of them like working in the studio really right. intensely. Whereas this one does when you listen to it carefully, cause you realize like how thick some of the songs are with overdubs and like different instruments poking out. Um, but on the surface level at least, and I would say some songs just completely it's, it feels really sloppy. Like some of the songwriting is yeah. not great. Well, like they definitely could have taken second passes at stuff. Um, yeah. I and think I like there's a lot of them obviously trying to be other bands. Yeah. It works like to varying degrees. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I think that's a good assessment. But then like, I mean, it definitely gets charming. Some songs like still don't work. Like, uh, like I think complicated is what it was maybe. Yeah. Uh, or no, like my obsession where it's like that song just like never ends up clicking for me, but then other stuff, um, is like incredible it's it's a weird one like i see why it's kind of the rolling stones up till now at least it's kind of the rolling stones like cult album yeah it's where the people who love it feel like they're like no it's the best thing they ever put out and i i can get why one would think that with a certain musical sensibility yeah if you're a weirdo i get it um it's not the best thing they've ever put out it's pretty good though i mean i would say i could see it as a listener who maybe dislikes the like more macho like arena rock of like 70s stones yeah and like i and who's less interested in blues stuff i could see someone who's more into 
you know, arty rock thinking this is like their, oh, some of their have, best they output. Have a better arty rock album. Do they? Okay. We'll yeah. get to it. You mean their satanic majesty's request? Exactly. I assume. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to it next week. Great. Um, or in two weeks, technically. So yeah, I don't know. It was a weird one. Like, I, yeah. And I still like it, but don't know if I like, love it, love it. Yeah. Oh, we never said, uh, by far, uh by far my favorite song on this album is something happened to me yesterday okay Mm. yeah i know i don't know why like i don't even know if i can explain it but just every single part of that song i love so much there's a lot of good ones on here i don't know if i could pick a favorite i really like tuesday miss amanda jones is good though miss amanda jones rules yeah it's maybe just a little too I have a feeling throughout the Rolling Stones career, we could make like an entire 15 song, like best of album of all of their best, just like blues songs from random albums. So I do feel like for the Stones, like I just want to go like a little more interesting if we're picking, like they'll never stop making great blues rave up songs, latent albums, I feel like. So Uh, Please Go Home is honestly up there. And then like, connections really good yeah i don't know yeah um it's a good album it is a good one it's a weird one i mean i i have a feeling it's weird because we're in an era of the stones where i feel like we're never gonna hear stuff like this from them again not never but nothing okay no album like this ever again i don't think yeah yeah like they're just yeah album to album they seem to be like just moving really rapidly yeah yeah and And then uh, they find a groove kind of yeah well right yeah it feels like a lot of the stuff they're trying like the more psychedelic stuff or like the british uh like um old british jazz stuff is like of the very of the moment in a way where Mm -hmm. yeah we won't we probably won't hear the them go back to that well whereas (laughs) whereas paul mccartney was writing like weird uh kind of stuff with wings in like 1977 yeah Yeah. um so we just got done doing our like little best ofs where we also did our own our personal favorites right or like our perfect version of aftermath and i'm curious whether you got to a point this week where you in your head kind of made a perfect between the buttons a little bit yeah yeah um what what would it include? Well, so I so I was not listening to the UK version this week, but there are songs. Okay. But you knew you knew those, or you knew at least. I knew. Uh, I didn't realize they were on between the buttons, though. So, um, gotcha. Okay. I off the top of your head. There are some songs that I would take off of the US yeah. version of Between the Buttons, and I would add in the songs from the UK version okay. that aren't on there. What what would you take off? Yeah, I'm curious. My obsession. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think mine was a pretty straight swap with just taking uh, Backstreet Girl and, uh, what is it, Please Go Home. Yeah, and putting it and on. Then, and then replacing Ruby Tuesday and I think, yeah, my obsession. I wouldn't get rid Although of Ruby Tuesday. Although I also Tuesday. would kind of drop All Sold Out. I don't love All Sold Out. Yeah, that's the other one. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I actually, I got a little crazy and made a playlist with, a little with crazy. Uh, Backstreet Girl please go home and uh, uh, have you seen your mother, baby. Whoa. Instead Pete, of all Pete, sold out, my obsession. You're a madman. You I went know. crazy. 
it doesn't fit that well yeah. that's why i kind of thought it might because of the horns and stuff and i'm yeah. like yeah it kind of it could work but it still sounds just it's too produced yeah <laughs> uh do you want to rate between the buttons here pj yeah i would give it a seven seven out of ten yeah i think is because it, it's a really good album there's just some points where it's like not the best you know yeah it's hard because i do feel like an ideal version of this album would be like i guess it's only between a seven and an eight yeah because <laughs> <laughs> either of the versions as they exist would be i think have to be a seven i want to go eight just because i like it's a frustrating album to listen to because I really do kind of like with Aftermath between the US and UK versions. It's like there is a like incredible album for me personally yeah. in there. But between the two versions, they like don't get it perfectly correct. Um, and same with Between the Buttons. Like there really is a version of this album I think I could consider one of my favorites so far. But yeah. yeah. Or potentially in their whole catalog. Who knows where we're going to get no. to. But yeah, I think seven out of ten is a very. I think it's I think fair. that's the correct. And I yeah. think we line up perfectly. Yeah. Did we line up perfectly on aftermath? I think we I did. I feel like we did. Yeah. Yeah, both sevens. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds. Are we in right. a God the Stones? I don't know if they go up and down as much as the Beach Boys did, but I feel like we might be entering a period of Stones albums where it's just a lot of sevens. A lot of sevens, yeah. Whereas with the Beach Boys, like, it was like a lot of fours. Well, it like goes from like. Well, they're early stuff, but then they got, you know, they had like, we had some nines and tens between yeah. us in the late sixties and technically I guess I've never heard let it bleed and stuff. Maybe it get, maybe it is as good as people say, but I feel like I'm going to hit a lot more at the seven range with the yeah. Rolling Stones from here on out. We'll see. Well, we will see. That's for the next episode. On a later episode. PJ. Oh my god, our ending song gets to actually line up with the album. That's crazy. What? So cool. PJ, I'll see you on the other side of that wave. And I will see you on the other rolling stone. A Beach Boys Boys production.